Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Young Gorilla. And this is Damn Cam. And this is Damn Cam and the Gorilla Show, everybody. It's our first episode of this NFL podcast. And uh, today we're going to be talking about some of the Week 10 games that just went down, like uh, the Washington football team and the Lions, the Bills taking on the Cardinals, and the Rams and the Seahawks, and much more. All that's coming up. And even we're even going to talk about, actually, who we think our MVP is going to be this season already we're heading into week 11 so uh we're gonna see who damn cam thinks is the mvp and he's gonna see who i think is the mvp moving forward all that's coming up right now on the damn cam and young gorilla show all right welcome back everyone so today's talk we're gonna talk about the washington football team versus the detroit lions uh, so we're going to start off Alex Smith's first full start game of the season. He went 38 for 55 and 390 yards. Not bad for his first game in about two years. What do you think about that young gorilla? I agree. I think Alex Smith played perfectly today. Obviously, he's not got he doesn't have the best receiving core. Uh, uh, the only person that I really know on that team is Terry McLaurin and in my honest opinion everybody else I'm not really I've never really heard of before so they got Sims Sims is pretty good but he you know he's not your number two kind of guy in my opinion he's that good number three though gotcha gotcha yeah so basically yeah you're pretty much uh helping me out with my point here Terry McLaurin's basically like the best guy on the receiving course so Alex Smith did really good he's really good at getting those uh, those footballs in the tight spaces, uh, we saw that a lot. And he wasn't afraid to go downfield with it. You know, he's got one of the – he's still got a really good arm. I won't say he's got one of the best arms in the league because there's a lot of really good – we got a lot of really good throwers right now, especially a lot of young guys. But, you know, he's still got a really strong arm. And like you said, what was it, 38 for 54 or something, 390 yards. 38 uh, for 55, 390. Yeah, Terry man. Terry led, led them in receiving with seven catches for 95 yards. And they only – and they only lost by a field goal. Think about that. If this was Haskins or uh, Allen, this game would not have been close. If they went down 24-3, to they were not coming back in that game like Alex Smith was able to. Alex, yeah. Alex Matt, Smith was able to rally those guys, you know. For sure, but Matt Prater, he came in clutch with that 59-yard game-winning kick. Yeah, that's crazy, but that wasn't the longest field goal. Uh of the year. We'll talk about that later probably, but uh Matthew Stafford had a really good day. We can't ignore that, but I mean, who doesn't have a good day against uh that de- that pass defense? I mean, they're not really the best at defending the pass. Matthew Stafford <clears throat> went 24 for 33, 276 yards, three and touchdowns. Three touch- yes, sir. But the, but the football team like they their defense is coming up though. Like they they are rebuilding very well. Uh, Rivera, he's a great coach. He will definitely get that team going within the next year or two if they can find the future quarterback. Um, if they honestly, if, if they tank enough and they get like a what second, third, fourth overall pick, I could see them maybe trying to trade up for that first spot and get Trevor Lawrence. I don't think that the Washington football team should go for a first round quarterback this year because one, I don't think they're going to try to tank. I think that that division is still up for grabs right now because Um, of the giants beating the Eagles. We'll get into that later, but we'll talk about that one, (laughs) but I do think that 
the I mean the division is so bad right now in my opinion that the I mean yeah I don't think they're going to win the division but I don't think they're going to take a top 3 pick I think they're going to get the 4th or 5th overall pick so they're not going to in my opinion I don't think they're going to be able to get Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields for that matter uh I think that Alex Smith even though he only has one year maybe two years left right now I'm not sure on that but I know for a fact he's going to be there next season I, for one, think you take the best wide receiver or the best offensive lineman that you can take with your first-round pick. They got they got to have some draft capital. They got to be able to get some picks. Uh, I, I think I offensive line. I, I think I think offensive lineman is the best bet out of the two options that I said uh, as well. But you know, wide receivers, you can definitely find great wide receivers in the second and third round. So there's no shame in waiting until then to find a receiver. But you know. You're not not everybody can be the Seahawks and get a fucking first round draft pick, but they get them in the sixth round. So, uh, but I do think that they should consider helping Alex Smith out some next season because Alex Smith puts them in the best position to win right now, and I don't think he's washed up. He's still in his uh, he's still in his early thirties. I think he's thirty three years old, thirty two uh, years old. Something. I think he's a lot. Oh man, he's been playing since what two thousand and four. No, no. Him, him, him and uh, Aaron Rodgers were in the same draft class. Are you sure? Because I'm pretty sure that he hasn't – I'm pretty sure he's not even in his 40s. No, he's not in his 40s. He's, like, around the same age as uh, Rodgers. He's, he got drafted before Rodgers did. All right, maybe he's, like, 37. He might be, like, 37. Well, we'll look into that. 36 or 37. Why don't you look it up right now? 36 or 37. It's got to be something like that. I already know it. All right. Either way, Alex Smith is not that old. Like, he's still got he something is, to tank. He is. He's 36 years old. But in today's football, you can play into your early 40s. Well, I mean, unless you're, unless you're like Tom Brady playing into your mid-40s, possibly uh, late 40s. But still, 36 years old. He's still got a lot in the tank. He's still got a, he's still got a good four to six years left in him, in my opinion. So, I mean – he played excellent, especially coming back from that uh, horrible leg injury he suffered in the Texans game. And I'm and I'm very very happy for him because I because he was a great quarterback. Like he was coming over from Kansas City with a lot of potential. The Redskins at the time they were named the Redskins. They were like six and two, six and three. They were leading the division then, when Alex Smith was taking over that team, and then he and then the injury happened, and then they went through what Mark Sanchez. And um, who who else was their backup at the time? Uh, I think they had uh, Colt McCoy at the time, correct? Yeah, they went from Colt McCoy to Mark Sanchez, and then they picked up um, what's his name, Josh Johnson. That's right. I remember Josh Johnson now. Wow, that was a long time ago. Yeah, that that really fucked them. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> like it was just bad luck for Alex Smith. Like he really had the Redskins going. Like I thought that the Redskins were going to win the division at the time. And then that happened. So, you know, I think he's still got that kind of talent still in him. Like, I still think that he can lead the team. You know, they don't have the same type of offensive line like they did back when he was playing, you know, in 2018. Because they lost a lot of guys after that season, all of them, to, like, free agency, I'm pretty sure. Most of them, at least. And then they don't have a good defense, really. So. Their their defense is pretty good. It's gotten better, but, you know, like. That D line, that D line of theirs is a monster. The front seven is no joke, but the secondary definitely needs to be addressed. 
Yeah, especially well, the injury to um, Landon Collins didn't help at all. So basically, in my opinion, they need to help Alex Smith out. They need to get him some more weapons. They need to repair that O line up some more. Um, Antonio Gibson's a good running back. Thirteen, he had thirteen rushes and forty-five yards uh, and two touchdowns. But I, honestly, and I'll say this right now. Washington wins the game if they could get the run game going and control the clock. Because uh, looking over here at the Detroit Lions, uh, Swift had, what, 16 attempts for 81 yards, averaging 5.1 yards a carry. He had uh, five receptions for 68 yards and a touchdown. <clears throat> but don't you – do you agree with me or do you not agree with me? Do you – like, do you, you don't think that Alex Smith could – you know, helping out him, helping him out with this draft coming up. You don't think that that could set him up oh. for success? Oh no, for sure, sure, dude. Well, back into what the twenty eighteen season, the the Washington Redskins at the time, they were what six three, like you said. Injury happens. Next season goes downhill. They go win one more game in Jacksonville, and then that was it. Um, Alex Smith definitely can play at an elite level. Still, very great game manager. Uh, Terry McLaurin. Solid steal they got in the draft. Um, I do see them probably getting a wide receiver, wide receiver either through free agency or a second round pick. Uh, first round pick, I could definitely see them working on that offensive line. Uh, lo- losing Williams over the uh, contract disputes uh, that doesn't help at all. You know he's playing pretty good over in uh, St. Fran, but that offensive line. I mean that's the problem with honestly the whole. NFC East is, you know, everyone's O-line being injured and stuff, you know. They lost, I believe what, they lost Brandon Sheriff for the year. Uh, solid guard. Um, the Redskins, you know, or the, the football team, they have a lot of potential, but they just don't have the the pieces right now to finish off a lot of games because they've been, they've been in all their games. Like, they have not lost by, what, no more than, what, three or a touchdown? Somewhere around there, like seven points. They they're playing really good. They're playing like the Chargers, you know, keeping in the game, but they can't finish it off. And it's because of the play, and it's you know Alex Smith's problem is the same problem that uh, I'm blanking on his name right now. Uh, Justin Herbert, you know, they're in the same situation right now. You know, like they're both really good throwers of the football, and they're you know Justin Herbert's already showing that he can be a game manager. The only thing is. They don't got enough weapons, you know. He doesn't have. They both don't have enough weapons around them, and their defense isn't strong enough on certain fronts to, you know, keep them, you know, ahead in games for them to win. So, uh, yep. All right. So look, let's talk about the Lions' stats real quick. All right. So Stafford, you know, like we said, is twenty-four for thirty-three, two seventy-six, three touchdowns. Uh, DeAndre Swift had a great game. Uh. I like Jones, DeAndre Swift. Mar- I do too. Marvin Jones, what, eight catches, 96 yards, and a touchdown. And Marvin Hall, two catches, 61 yards for a touchdown. He had, what, a 54-yard catch for a touchdown or a 49-yard catch? I mean, I'm I'm more focused on DeAndre Swift because that man can ball, dude. Like six, like you said, like 16 carries, 81 yards. And that guy, like, has hands. Like, he also had 68 receiving yards, five catches, and he well, caught all he, five. Well, when you have a New England – style coach you know he likes his receiving backs but also to run it um honestly though for like the the game how it ended very good game you know matt prater knocking out a game winning long 
nothing new on his part. But like I said, though, Washington wins the game if they control the clock. Gibson was their leading uh, rusher with only 45 yards on 13 attempts, but he got the two touchdowns. But he's going to be something special for them in the future. Terry McLaurin, you know, he's already a dog. Get him one more wide receivers to help uh, get the pressure off him, and I see them maybe in the wild card next year, depending on how the NFC East goes. I like it. I like it for sure. I for sure. I wish. I wish that Alex Smith could have won this game. It was his first start back, but he put up a really good effort. They lost. Lions won thirty to twenty seven. They move up. They're four and five now, and Washington falls to two and seven. Moving on, we got Bills Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals won thirty two to thirty with a freaking amazing uh, Hale Murray is what they said. Uh, Kyler Murray threw a forty seven yard touchdown to uh, DeAndre Hopkins with uh, time running off the clock, basically. There was, like, two seconds left after. Yep. <clears throat> and it was um, freaking amazing. Well, he had what? Seven uh, receptions, 127 yards, and a touchdown. touchdown. And then Kyler Murray, I got you on this one, too. Kyler Murray, 22 for 32, 245 yards, touchdown interception. A little dis- decisive, but he's also got 11 carries, 61 yards, and two rushing touchdowns on the day as well. Yeah, let's talk about the Cardinals' rush game. Uh, Drake, 16 attempts for 100 yards, averaging uh, 6.3 yards a carry. Uh, Murray, like you said, 11.61, two touchdowns and five and a half yards a carry. Uh, Chase Edmonds, eight touches, 56 yards, averaging seven yards a carry. They controlled the clock. Uh, definitely got lucky, though, with that Hail Mary, but, you know, they made the trade for the best wide receiver, in my opinion, in the league for a reason, and it's showing that it's definitely worked in their favor. Kyler Murray's Definitely, in my opinion, you know, he's looking like an MVP uh, front runner, but, you know, you got other candidates out there that can make him run for get a, give him a run for his money. But we'll get into that discussion later. Yeah, you want to talk about the Cardinals, but I kind of want to talk about the Bills. We can't sleep on the Bills despite them losing because, I mean, this was a really good game. Josh Allen, uh, he had two interceptions, but he had two touchdowns. But he had a receiving touchdown. There was a great play where Isaiah McKenzie threw the touchdown to Josh Allen. Yeah, just play. The receiving core in Buffalo is freaking awesome. Like, you got John Brown, you got Cole Beasley, you got Isaiah McKenzie, and then you got Stephon Diggs. You cannot forget about Stephon Diggs, the acquisition from Minnesota. He's been playing amazing. He had a touchdown as well as Cole Beasley did. Stephon Diggs almost had 100 yards, but Cole Beasley's the only guy that broke 100. But that 11 was, receptions, 109 yards, and a touchdown. But the Bills are such a good team. I still have them winning that division. I know the Dolphins are are really good right now, and they're on they're on a hot streak, and they got two at Tagovailoa. But I think that the Bills are going to win this division, even though they lost the Cardinals. The Cardinals are a really good team. We we like I knew that this was going to be a really good game. I actually had the Bills winning 35 to 30 in my prediction. And it ended up being thirty-two to thirty Cardinals. So I already knew that this game was gonna be like a high-scoring game because the offenses are both really potent and the and the defenses are are both middle of the pack. So I knew both of them were gonna put up a fight. So I knew this was gonna be a good game. And Josh Allen, despite going thirty-two for forty-nine, two hundred eighty-four yards, two touchdowns, two picks, I still think that he is in the MVP conversation. We'll you know talk more about that later, but. Uh, can't sleep on the Bills, but I really do like the Bills. I and I'm you know I'm happy for the Cardinals though because Kyler Murray is really good and he's also in the MVP conversation as well. So, <clears throat> you know I all right, my bet. So look, 
we're gonna I'm gonna compare this game to the Lions game. Uh, Buffalo wins the game if they got the run game going. For sure. This was these were their uh the top three rushers. Okay, when you have a receiving got... core like that, why use the run? I mean, I understand, but why use the run game? It's, it's all about time of possession because when you're going against a hot offense like the Arizona Cardinals, you gotta slow them down. Like, look, so right here. Uh, their top rusher was Josh Allen, three touch or seven touches, thirty-eight yards. Uh, Zach Moss, seven uh, touches, twenty yards, and then Singletary, four for fifteen. They couldn't get the run game going. Uh, they forced Allen to throw. Honestly, well, I love Allen, but he cost them the game because he forced two throws, which were the two picks. Uh, honestly, they get those first downs. You know, they could uh, honestly win the game, but. Because of those interceptions, you know, you get Allen moving. It's a little bit of a panic move. <clears throat> now he's going to cough it up. The run game would have helped them out big time towards the end of the game. You know, begin first half of the game, you know, if he wants to throw it, let him do it. But that second half, look, they couldn't get nothing going on the ground. And that's that was the game changer, in my opinion. And that's why Arizona won besides the Hail, or the Hail Mary. I agree. I agree. Cardinals 32-30. Uh, like I said, I knew this was going to be high scoring, so I'm not surprised. But let's but look, listen to this one, though. So a, another great special teams performance by their kicker, uh, Bass. Three for three, 58 yards. Uh, three for three on his extra points. Uh, let's see. Receiving, D-Hop, you know, he's a dog. Uh, a lot of the other, you know, the Bills had their, their passing attack shut down for the most part besides D-Hop. But they had D-Hop strapped up most of the game until until that uh, Hail Mary because he was only having, what, six catches for, what, 70-something yards. Like, they did good. They held the offense in check. But that that fucking Hail Mary, yeah, (laughs) that's something you'd barely see. But when you see it, it's it's amazing. It reminded me of Aaron Rodgers' Hail Mary – that was actually mm-hmm. that they and they talked about this too. I think um, it was in the same arena. Yeah, that, back in that the, the Hail Mary 20, happened. Yeah, fourteen season or twenty twenty yeah twenty fourteen season the wild card or the divisional game something like that. But it was uh, Aaron Rodgers. I don't remember who they said that uh, they were playing, but it was the Hail Mary that ended the game. Uh, that was probably the Detroit game back in twenty thirteen, I believe. It was to Richard Rodgers. He called it, but in the Arizona. Uh, when he, I think it was the same season. I actually believe, um, there was what, no time left on the clock. Uh, Aaron Rodgers does what he does best. His hail marys. I forgot. I forgot <clears throat> what the dude's name was. I think it was Janice. I believe. Don't quote me on that. But he caught that game winning, or not? My bad. The game tying hail mary touchdown, and it went in overtime. And then Larry Fitzgerald got what the seventy something yard catch, and was running all the way up to like the four yard line. And then he got the uh, shovel pass to him to win the game. Yeah, man, it's a thing of beauty. And I promise never to quote you on anything because I know you're wrong most of the time anyways. So, God, I hate you. I know, it's okay. <laughs> but anyways, the Bills going to drop to 7-3 and three, and the Cardinals are going to advance to 6-3. and three, And now it's a three-way tie between the Cardinals, the Rams, and the Seahawks. Speaking of the Rams and the Seahawks, we're going to move on. And we're going to head on into the Rams-Seahawks game. The Rams won 23-16, and it was some solid Rams defense. Uh, Basically, Russell Wilson did not get any touchdown passes. He had two interceptions, 
22 for 37, 248 yards, and he was sacked six times. He was able to get, you know, his legs moving because, you know, Russell Wilson's got good legs too. He's fast. He had eight carries for 60 yards. But uh, what really surprised me is that they didn't get DK Metcalf going in this game that much. He was only targeted four times. And the times he did catch it, he only had 28 yards. So their best receiver couldn't get going. And I think that was just really good Rams defense in the secondary. And uh, the front seven was really good at pressuring Russell Wilson all day. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to go ahead and throw it over to you to talk about the Rams because, honestly, I mean, I'm not, I'm not the Rams. I'm sorry. Or, yeah, I am talking about the Rams. Yeah, because, basically, uh, the Seattle offense just wasn't really there today. And I think Russell Wilson is starting to lose grip of this uh, MVP race that he had. Uh, I'll say this. So, the Rams, you know, they got a good defense, sometimes very inconsistent. Uh, but when it comes to the Seahawks, Jared Goff, I think in his career against the Seahawks, I think he's only lost, what, two games, three games. But uh, Leonard Floyd, former Chicago Bears outside linebacker, uh, he was the lead sacker on that defense for the Rams. With He had five tackles and three sacks. Uh, and uh, Williams, the, their safety, had two interceptions in the game. Uh, Cam Akers was their leading rusher with 10 touches for 38 yards. You know, they, uh, they've been trying to get him going a little bit, but Brown and Henderson seem to be the go-tos when it comes to the goal line. Uh, Brown had six carries for 33 yards, two touchdowns. Henderson had seven for 28 and a touchdown. Uh, their leading receiver of the game was actually a little different than I thought it was going to be. It was, uh, Josh Reynolds with, uh, Eight catches for 94 yards on 10 targets. And then Higby, three t- catches for 60 yards. Jared Goff, you know, he played good, <clears throat> no touchdowns. He had 27 for 37, uh, 302 yards. Uh, over to Seattle. Uh, the trade for Jamal Adams, you know, it's honestly working in their favor when it comes to a, a stud player like him. He had six and a half tackles with two sacks. Uh, honestly, Adams Adams is holding that defense semi together. Uh, Wilson, you know, didn't have a good game. Twenty-seven for thirty-seven, two forty-eight, two picks, a fumble, but he did rush a lot. Uh, eight attempts for sixty yards. Uh, their leading running back was Alex Collins. Seven, uh, eleven carries for forty-three yards and a touchdown. Uh, Tyler Lockett had what one good catch of the game, and other than that, his other catches weren't really. Outstanding. He only had five uh, five catches for sixty six yards, and like you said, Metcalf two for twenty eight. Did you say Alex Collins back there? Yeah. Did I hear that correctly? Yes, yes sir. Former Ravens running. That's back. right. I actually have his jersey. <laughs> I have his jersey for when he was on the Ravens. I have back then is when I was naive and I thought, hey, Collins is going to stick around. He'll never leave. Uh. <laughs> Well, another. Uh, I'm also looking here what I wrote down. I forgot another actual great special teams performance. So, you know, a lot of good kickers playing out this uh, week. What three, three for three? Longest kick was 61 yards, and that was the another... longest field goal of the season. What I was talking about earlier with that 59 yarder that ended the game in the Lions game. This was the the longest field goal of the week and the longest field goal of the entire season. Yep. Uh, so, let's see. 
the pressure was getting on to Wilson a lot. You know, my offensive line throughout his whole career has never been great. <clears throat> Um, I don't see him honestly playing as long as like Alex Smith or uh, Drew Brees just because of his O line. Uh, if they don't give him help, I don't think he's gonna like make it because of his durability. Like he's, you know, he doesn't get hurt, but it it will catch up to him when he gets older. You know, he's gonna lose some speed. Uh, they gotta they gotta start building around him on that offensive line. You know, run game. You know, they can get it going. The running backs mm-hmm. are constantly hurt. Uh, offensive line's shaky, but Wilson, you know, he's he's the only reason why they win these games. Uh, yes, he was an MVP front candidate, in my opinion. Uh, the last few weeks, he hasn't been looking so hot, though. Uh, but I feel like he could probably turn around later in the season. <clears throat> this was a really good game by the Rams defense. In all honesty, uh, I know we talked about it. But Darius Williams, you know, he was a stud, you know, two interceptions, three passes defended. He's been uh he's been really uh stepping up on this Rams defense lately. Uh he's been he hasn't been the overall best defensive player on the team, but he's definitely helped out that secondary a lot. And today he really showed that he can still be helpful to this team. Uh because I think without the help of the defense, like you said, the, you know, the Seahawks take this game because the run game wasn't going that much. But, you know, Jared Goff still had a decent game, but he had no touchdown passes. So, <clears throat> and Russell Wilson was sacked six times. So that's, you know, different. Russell Wilson's not really used to all that pressure. So, you know. Well, he does. Because of his legs, it does save him a lot. But if he were, if he was a pocket quarterback, I guarantee you he would be hurt. But fortunately, he knows how to like get down when needed to be. It was weird not he to see him scramble some of the times though, where the pocket was collapsing, like he usually does. Oh, I, I did see that they did a very good containment on him. He would he would step up and try to run to the outside, and there's already two people blocking him, and then someone <clears> comes up from behind him, gets a sack. <clears> I saw him get twisted up a little bit was wondering if he was going to get hurt, but, you know, he's he's a tough guy, so he got right back up. Uh, definitely is the reason why the Seahawks are a relevant team right now, ever since the Legion of Boom slowly got uh, rid of uh, Sherman. You know, he's playing pretty decent with the Niners. He's not at his all-pro level like he used to be, but he's still, you know, doing good for the Niners. Cam Chancellor retiring early doesn't help. Earl Thomas uh, gets hurt, goes to the Ravens, and then is he a free agent? Yes, still? Earl Thomas has not been picked up yet, as far as I know. And then you know they still got KJ Wright, they still got Bobby Wagner. You know they don't have the corners anymore. They have Griffin, who's pretty decent. Um, other than that, like the the Seahawks are not known as a defensive team anymore. They're now known for Russell Wilson. Honestly, he should have won the MVP within the past three years, but still gets snubbed, uh, in my opinion, on that. But we'll see this season, you know, if he turns things around and keeps uh, picking it up like he was in the beginning of the season, he'll get that MVP. So speaking of, we're going to go – I want to go ahead and uh, bring this up now because everybody, like you said, in the first, like, six weeks of football had Russell Wilson as the MVP. I want to know, damn Cam, who's your MVP right now? 
All right. So I actually I have um, two possible MVP candidates. Uh, somebody who's been slept on a little bit, even you know, plays at elite level. We were just talking about him with the Hail Marys, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, so far this season, he has 2,578 yards passing. He is 26 for three with a, a QB rating uh, or a passer rating of 116.4. Uh, my other candidate was actually Kyler Murray. You know, he's playing, in my opinion, obviously as a Lamar Jackson, but he is a better passer than Lamar, in my opinion. You know, he's got a nice touch. He can stretch the field. Uh, he is, what, of the season, 2375 <clears throat> with seven touchdowns and eight interceptions, but his rushing – He's on 87 carries for 604 yards, averaging 6.9 yards a carry, 10 touchdowns, and his longest run of the season is 48 yards. And he has a rating of 98.2. I approve of your first choice in this MVP race. Is that your only? Is that your only? No. No, I said – Aaron Rodgers and Kyler Murray. Those are my top Aaron Rodgers and Kyler Murray. Yes. I do like I do like those two. I do like those two. Um my my one of my first choices uh was uh not a quarterback at all, but he's actually on the same team as uh Kyler Murray. In fact, he caught the Hail Murray. I got DeAndre Hopkins on the top of mine. I know wide receivers don't usually win this, but the wide receivers this year are making a really good case for themselves to finally take an MVP because we've seen a lot of guys like DK Metcalf and DeAndre Hopkins and even Julio Jones and the Falcons. All these guys are stepping up, making big plays. Honestly, you know, he's got 67 receptions. He's got 861 yards, only four touchdowns, but he's averaging 13 yards every time he catches the football. And he's got some of the, you know, he's got one of the best yards after catch uh, percentages in the league right now. So I got DeAndre Hopkins at the top of my list. I know why receivers don't usually win, but I would love for, you know, DeAndre Hopkins to make the case this year for MVP because he's really stepped up since coming up over to Arizona because, you know, he wants to prove that, you know, like, hey, I'm, you know, I don't know why the Texans traded me, but this is why they should never have traded me in the first place. Well, we all know if you if everyone pays attention, Bill O'Brien wasn't trying to keep paying him the money. Um, he just didn't like the guy in all honesty. D Hop was the reason why the Texans had a name since AJ Johnson. Well, Deshaun Watson is a good quarterback. Uh, you know, it's like you can't take that away from Deshaun Watson. But D but D Hop was the icon. When you seen the Texans play, he was the front cover. Uh. Now you see uh, Watson, a good quarterback, but he is struggling this year without D-Hop. Um, they, you know, if you look at it on a paper, like, it don't, they, the wide receiving core don't look bad. But D-Hop was making the catches that the wide receivers on the current roster of the Texans can't. D-Hop can be in double, triple coverage, and he'll still make a catch, these nice one-handed catches. Uh, he had a crazy one against the Dolphins a few years back, but it got called back because he had an offensive pass interference. But he caught it between his legs, but they were underneath of him, and he was in midair, and he caught it, but it was negated because of the pass interference. So, yes, that catch, the Hail Murray that just happened yesterday, 
helps my case with DeAndre Hopkins being MVP, but he's only my first choice. I got a second choice. And I hate to state the obvious here, but it's Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I know it's Patrick Mahomes. We already know he's good, and he's already won MVP, and he's already won a Super Bowl, and I don't like the guy because he's so good, and he's in the AFC. But he's got 25 touchdowns and only one interception on the season right now. But let me tell you – let me, let me tell you why I can disagree. But this season, I, I don't think Pat Mahomes is an MVP. Yes, he is an MVP quarterback, and he will always will be. But for this season alone, I, I'm not seeing it because of the ground game. Um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he is taking over the rushing attack over there. They also have Le'Veon Bell backing them up. Uh, they could do a lot of sweet plays with – uh, Tyree Hill and Hardman, like their whole roster is full of speed. Uh, yes, I could see uh, Mahomes maybe getting it just because of his name, but when it comes to this year, I don't think he should get it. I personally believe, you know, I can actually agree with the D Hop. Uh, he he's a dog, but like you said, wide receivers don't really get recognition. So uh, hold up, real quick, I want to stop you real not, quick because uh, real quick because I didn't. I didn't tell you why your MVP picks were wrong, but you're but you're gonna criticize mine. Oh, you wanted to criticize that. my picks? I understand yes. that Mahomes yes. has talent on his team. Exactly. So, are you saying that Real if you well. take Patrick Mahomes away, the team's still eight and one? Not eight and one, but I could still see them as a winning record. But are they as good? Despite having Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, and all those guys. Who, who's their right. backup? I don't know who the backup is actually on that team. Isn't it? Uh, wow. I mean, you know, they're only known for Patrick Mahomes. I honestly don't even know. <laughs> I got you on the spot now. But either way, you put the backup in and they're not as good. Is my point. No, is my sure. point, Pat, though. Pat Mahomes. I, I I agree. You know, I gotta give you a, always gotta give you a hard time. You know, Pat, get rid of Pat Mahomes. They just focused on the run game. You know, pressure the little court got behind them, and they'll win the game. But Pat Mahomes, you know, they run the play action. You gotta worry about that because he also has a little bit of speed on him. He could run it if he needs to. He could throw it any uh, hole he needs to. You got Travis Kelsey, Hill, Hardman, Robinson. And then Stats. the receiving backs they have, like, like, yes, all right, I can agree with Pat Mahomes. He he is the re- like you know he was like D Hop. He's the main ingredient of Pat that Mahomes. of that of that cake that they got bacon in Kansas City. He's the batter. He you need the batter or else you don't got the cake. You know what? Actually, I can agree with you on the D Hop one. Kyler Murray, in my opinion, not an MVP candidate without D-Hop, because Christian Kirk, he is good. Larry Fitz, he's got the best hands in the league, but he's not the same guy from the past 10, 15 years. Um, D-Hop is making catches that Kyler Murray can throw it into, uh, but Christian Kirk is not the guy that can make the catches like D-Hop. I'm going to have to agree with you on the D-Hop one. Uh, Without D-Hop, 
Kyler Murray's not an MVP. So I'll I'll switch up my Kyler Murray with D Hop. I'm glad that you did that. And I definitely agree. If any if anybody non quarterback wise gets to take the MVP, I hope that it's DeAndre Hopkins because DeAndre Hopkins is just a workhorse, you know. We know that now because, you know, we saw what he did for the Texans. You know, he was the leading receiver, and we now know how they're doing right now. And the Cardinals are doing nothing but springboarding into trying to get into first place in that in that division that's really highly contested right now. And I, I agree with what you said. I think without DeAndre Hopkins, the Cardinals, you know, Kyle Murray is, is not in the MVP race. I don't even think that they're 6-3 and three either. I think that they're struggling a little bit more. They're still a winning record, but I don't think that they're 6-3. and three. And uh, DeAndre Hopkins is really that much of an X factor for this team. And, yeah, all the other receivers are good. But DeAndre Hopkins – is that I receive that dude. All, All right. right. Yeah. We're going to go ahead and move on. We're going to have to go ahead and take a small break, but when we come back, we're going to go ahead and jump in to the Eagles giants game, which is cam's team, the Philadelphia Eagles. And then of course we got the Ravens Patriots game, which is young gorillas team. So, you know, we're definitely going to be talking about that a lot. So we're going to be right back after these short break. All right, everybody, we got uh, the Eagles-Giants game to start. And I'm just going to go ahead and throw this right over to Dan Cam because I already know that this is his football team and he's got a lot to say. So, Dan Cam, I got, I'll leave the floor to you. All right. So, Darius Slayton, uh, he, same draft class as Terry McLaurin, uh, is actually a pretty good wide receiver for the Giants. Uh he he did towards like the end of the game. He had a nice catch over Slay. Uh, he's, he actually tracked the ball pretty well on that. Um, we're going to talk about the Eagles' uh, struggles right now. So Carson Wentz has not been playing great. Uh, this this game we just watched, uh, he didn't play bad, but he didn't play good. Uh, Twenty one for thirty seven, two hundred eight, but no turnovers for once. Uh, the offensive line for the Eagles has been a problem with injuries. Uh, the pressure was getting on the Wentz a lot. I mean, the Giants, they didn't get a whole lot of sacks, but the pressure was just enough. Like, every time Wentz about to throw it, he's about to get hit. Uh, a lot of his throws were kind of off. Uh, they strapped up our wide receivers pretty good. Uh, Doug Peterson, honestly, a great coach, but he's not a good play caller. He gets away from the run game all the time. Uh, Sanders, 15 for 85 yards, averaging 5.7 yards a carry. Uh, Boston Scott, three touches, 63 yards, and a touchdown, averaging 21 yards a carry. Corey Clement, one touch, five yards, and a touchdown. Uh, we win the game if we run the ball. Uh, we, we drafted Sanders to be our number one back. We're not using him. Uh, we don't have an actual offensive coordinator like Peterson's the one doing it all. I love Peterson as a coach because, you know, they always say with Wentz, he can't win against good teams, but he can. But since the Super Bowl run, we have not been consistent enough. We do, we get away from the run game. Uh, for some reason, they like to go for it on fourth down a lot. I mean, I love it that Peterson goes for it on fourth down. I really do. But he he gets too cocky with it sometimes, and – he doesn't call the right plays. I honestly think if you know Frank Reich, if he was still with us, you know we'd be looking, we'd be having a whole different conversation. 
about Wentz. Uh, he was with us the Super Bowl run. Wentz was an MVP uh, candidate. Tore his ACL, unfortunately, against the Rams. Um, ever since then, you know, Wentz, he hasn't been great, but he's been good. You know, after that, he had, what, three, seven interceptions in a season in a row. And this year, he's at 12, I believe, with five fumbles. Um, Wentz is – he is a good quarterback. He is – honestly, he's not getting the help, though. He's holding on to the ball too long sometimes. Uh, the offensive line doesn't help with the injuries that we've been dealing with. Um, our wide receivers, you know, he he needs to build a bond with them a little bit. Travis Fulgham, you know, he's good, but he only had, well, I believe, one catch for 14 yards, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, first uh, bad game with him of the season. Uh, our leading receiver was actually the guy that caught one of the Hail Marys against the Lions a few years back, Richard Rodgers. He had four catches for 60 yards. Um, Daniel Jones, he had a rushing touchdown. Once again, Jim Schwartz irritates us all, all Philly fans, because he cannot adjust. Uh, we all know Daniel Jones can run it, but why wasn't there like a spy on him? You know, you see him in the shotgun, you got to account for the, the option. And uh, that that's what screws us. It, we lose all these tight games. You know, we can't, we come back against Steelers. We come back against the Ravens, but if you look back at it in the first half of the games, it could have been totally different if it wasn't for the play call. Uh, going for what two? We keep going for two point conversions for some reason instead of going for the extra point. I mean, yes, I understand Jake Elliott's not the best kicker, but most kickers in the league are actually not that good since the extra point attempt was pushed back. Most kickers in the NFL struggle. Uh, the most consistent kicker, though. You know, Ravens kicker Justin Tucker. Never That's right, a, baby. He never misses a kick. Uh, I think the only the last kick I, I think I remember seeing him that cost him a game was the 2019 season against the Saints, or was it 2018? Oh, man. Um, I can't remember the last time. It was, a, it was, a, it was an extra point. He he missed it. Like, it like hit oh, him. it was against the Saints, and that would have won the game. Mm-hmm. Or I'm sorry, not won the game, but that would have tied the game. And there was, like, not enough time left. Uh, you know, Wentz, look, you get Wentz the help he needs. He he's he will get back to his MVP form. You know, he, he's carrying the offense, whether you believe it or not. I see it. He also costs us a few games here and there because he tries to make a play when it's not there. You know, full respect that he's trying to keep us in it, but you got to know when to throw it away. You know, you got to know when to at least scramble a little bit more. Uh, I believe he's still worried with the whole ACL injury. But, I mean, they're trying to get him to throw it, but we don't have, honestly, the right coordinator. Because, I don't, I don't, like I said, I don't think we even have an offensive coordinator right now. Um, we have all the injuries ever since, like, from the Super Bowl on – we deal with injuries, and it is annoying. You see all these star players go down year in, year out. Uh, the 2018 season was an injury plague year for our secondary. Uh, we still make it to the playoffs, uh, but it's 
the in- dude, the injuries just fuck us every year, and it's it's so aggravating. Like I I can't defend this team sometimes. Besides the injuries, Doug Pearson, you know, he calls these dumbass plays sometimes. You know, he goes for it. I do like it that he goes for it though. Like, he's he's the ballsiest coach in the league. He has the most uh, fourth down attempts within the past what since he started. He go he goes for it about what thirty percent of the time, I believe. Some shit like that, <clears throat> but you got you got to know like field position and all. Just punt it or just take the kick. You know we can't be giving up all these great yardage positions for opposing teams to start against us. Fortunately, our defense is not that bad this year. But mm. the one time we get a good defense, our offense is struggling completely. Uh, the Giants they they play they outplayed us. Um. Their their secondary though, I believe they're what sec second or third ranked in uh, takeaways. Uh, fortunately, Winston make that happen. But the stats for him this year, it's like it's giving me Jameis Winston vibes, and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not the good Jameis Winston vibes as the backup on the Saints, right? <laughs> but <laughs> no, his even his good even his good year. Throwing for five thousand yards and he throws thirty touchdowns and thirty picks or some shit like that. Like, yeah, yeah, he's the first quarterback to have like the same to have uh the to have more than thirty to have thirty plus touchdowns and thirty plus interceptions. Yeah, I think they said that was the highest interception total, or at least touchdown uh, to interception touchdown ratio. Nineteen eighty three or eighty two. Yeah, it was nuts. <laughs> Anywho, yeah, we lost the game. Uh, we're in a do or die right now, in my opinion, because we have a rough schedule coming up. We have the Browns and then the New Orleans Saints. Oh, I, might, I take that back. My bad. The Seahawks and then the Saints and then the Cardinals and then Dallas and then the football team. Um, fortunately for us, this whole division's trash, so like I don't have to worry about crying. But I do have a forty dollar bet that we win X amount of games, and I can only afford one more loss. <laughs> <laughs> what did you bet on the record? All the right, Eagles? so so when we played Dallas prior to that game, I said we would win at least eight more games. We beat Dallas, we beat the Giants, we go on a bye week, we come back and we lose. So I can only afford. One loss or one tie. We have to get eight wins. So we should finish out the season at what? Nine, at least nine wins. You bet on but, the Eagles finishing with nine wins. Look, you can go fuck yourself, okay? I could have told you <laughs> to like not take that bet because I could have told you that the most wins coming out of that division at max is seven. No, you know, you know what it is? You know what this team reminds me of? This reminds me of the entire Redskin franchise when they win games they're not supposed to and lose games they're supposed to fucking win, and I hate it. I, I what I miss I miss it when we were the team to talk about in the NFC East, uh, Dallas. You know, even with Dak Prescott this season, that the whole team's trash. They keep saying you know blah blah blah. We don't have Prescott. Well, you only won one game with them with him putting up MVP numbers. Uh, you better fix the secondary. Like I'd laugh when they drafted Lamb actually because they got rid of like their whole secondary through the free agency. And even Dallas fans that I know, they were like, "Why the fuck did we draft this guy? Why did we not get a corner or a safety?" 
Yeah, they got Diggs. I mean, Diggs, he's he's nice right now, but you know he's a rookie. You don't know what he's going to do in the next year or two. Mm. Uh, their cornerback situation, uh, not nice. <laughs> you know, anybody can have a field day, but you know, Wentz struggled in that game, unfortunately. But fortunately, we came out with a win. Anywho, I'm done talking about this depressing game. Uh, let's fucking pass it over to the young gorilla man. Yes, because I did have something to say about this game. I do feel bad for the Eagles because I like Wentz. I think he's talented, and I want to see him succeed. The only problem is it's really hard for me to back him up in this game because I really I looked at all the stats, and I was really trying to think of something good. I mean, yes, one good thing, there's no turnovers by Wentz. That was great. Um, you know what's funny? I think the last game he had zero turnovers was actually against the Ravens, I believe. Oh well, that's awesome because we actually been giving up. We I, we actually like get a lot of turnovers on defense, so that's really good that y'all didn't uh, that we didn't force a turnover. We should have we should have won the game though. But anywho, I understand. I don't know why you had to bring that up though because I'm trying to talk about your team right now. I guess that's I, why you had to bring it. Well, up. you know what. I don't want to talk about this sad season. Let's talk about how the Ravens choked. Hey, you know what? I'm not done talking about the Eagles right now, okay? Because you know what? I'm not I still have things to I'm say. Not looking. I'm, I'm not, not looking, looking at you. <laughs> Listen here, buddy. I got something to say real quick, okay? First things first. They did not convert on one third down this entire game. I know. It was an 0 for 8. Zero percent. I'm not even sure. All I heard, all I saw was zero percent third down conversion rate. I thought to myself, how do you not convert on third down, especially when you got Alshon Jeffrey back and you got Dallas Goddard in there? So, like I said, it, it goes to the, the play calling. Look, for some reason, I don't know what, what, what goes in Doug Pearson's mind sometimes or whoever the fuck is assigned to call the plays. Apparently, our GM. It's kind of fucking us. Apparently, he's the one who's saying who's playing and who's not and what plays go sometimes. And Howie Roseman's pissing me off about that because I follow a lot of Eagles pages on IG and they keep saying the same shit that they find this out. Um, what Like, we go for check down on, like, third and 11. Why not try to throw something up the middle or on the outside for, like, well, you know, eight yards and then depending on field position, then you could go for it on fourth down. No, we throw a check down because – all of our wide receivers are doing some goofy-ass shit down the field, not even getting open on certain plays that we call, and you just have the running back open. He catches it, nice, or the tight end's open, nice. and But they only get, like, one or two fucking yards, and it's aggravating the fuck out of me. Anywho, I'm done with this. this yes, ball. can I continue real quick? Because I was actually about to go into the coaching problem because I do agree that, yes, Wentz is regressing, but the coaching's not helping either. Because the plays that are being made sometimes are, you know, questionable. Yeah, Carson Wentz has control over the plays more than he has before. But to a, you know, to a degree, you still got to put some blame on the coaching staff for calling the plays in general. Uh, but Wentz has regressed. I don't. I do believe that Wentz is talented though, and he can get back into it. But he's got to do something. And that's why, and when I, and, you know, I've, I've talked about how I think that they should, you know, put Hurts in for a game and see what he does. I don't, and when I say that, I don't think it's because, you know, Wentz is bad and should be benched for the rest of the season. When I say start Hurts, I say it won't hurt 
to put Hertz in for a game and see what happens because in all honesty, you were saying to me the other day that that would be disrespectful to Wentz. But in my opinion, they disrespected Wentz when they drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round because why the hell are you drafting a quarterback in the second round when you already paid Carson Wentz a hundred and something million dollars? And you you know, and it's like they they they're too afraid to put Hurts in, but they'll put him in for a couple plays here and there. But they're not even calling even when they put Hurts in, they're not calling the right read option plays at the time that they put Hurts in. That's why he's not looking successful when he's on the field. I feel like he is more talented than people give him credit for, but, you know, he's the backup right now. But I think that, you know, it won't hurt to start him for one game, but that's just my opinion. I don't think they're going to do it because they've said that Wentz is their guy. Um, But I do think that Wentz can get back into it. The question is, will he get back into it? Because the division is slipping away from them right now. They're 3-5-1 and after losing, and that puts the Giants just, a game behind them if the Eagles lose next week and the Giants win the Eagles take first place I mean the Giants sorry take first place in that division and that's scary to think that the Giants were in last place just two weeks ago and are now pushing for first place in that division that's why I don't think there's going to be more than seven wins coming out of that division this year Um, you know what it's a 2000 and uh 10 season NFC West. That's what's going to be. Someone's going to be like seven and something and win the division. Go beat the Super Bowl champs. Well, we can't beat the Chiefs, but we'll beat we'll beat whoever it is if we make it. Oh no, then... nobody from that division. <laughs> nobody from that division's winning a playoff game. Um, it's pointless for them to even be playing for a playoff game right now because I don't think any four of those teams going into the playoffs would win. Um. And I and I said at the beginning of the season, you know, if Alex Smith, you know, when Alex Smith was was expected to be returning, I was the first person to say put Alex Smith in, and the Washington Football Team wins the division. Unfortunately, well, he didn't get his first start until this week, and they're now two and seven because of bad defense putting the Lions back into it after they caught after the Washington Football Team caught up in that game. But so. Yes, that division's still up for grabs, basically, um, now that the Eagles have lost. So Carson Wentz needs to really get it into gear, and I think that he can still do it. I just really hope that he can find it soon because he's got his guys back. He's got Alshon Jeffrey back. He's got Dallas Goddard back. You know, Boston Scott's been playing pretty good. Keep him on the field. Miles Sanders is back, so that really helps a lot. You know. what us is honestly, look, our two biggest problems right now besides injuries. Uh, offensive line, you know, we did lose Dillard, but uh, our offensive line needs to rebuild and get younger. Uh, our weakest link besides, and a lot of people don't honestly talk about it unless they watch the team. So you'll see that, like, tight ends get a lot of yards on us or anybody that can run up the middle because our linebackers are trash. We have good. We have a good run stopping uh, linebacking core, but they they're not pass coverage line. We don't have, you know, D'Amico Ryan's or uh, back in the day we had Trotter and all those other great linebackers we've had over the few years. Um, losing Michael Kendricks, you know, he, he has some speed on him. He can cover just a little bit, but good enough. Um, we we got what a bunch of rookies and second year players starting on the. Uh, linebacking core. But who knows? Well, hopefully we go into the draft and draft a linebacker. Apparently, 
Schwartz was trying to get a uh, linebacker in the second round, but uh, like I was saying earlier, Howie Roseman was like, no, we're not doing that. We're going to go get this guy. No, we needed linebackers. I was okay with the Jalen Rager one. Actually, one of my coworkers I work with, he actually told me uh, back in January, he was like, hey, when we go into the draft, I hope we get this wide receiver from TCU. His name's Jalen Rager. You don't hear about him much because all the TCU quarterbacks are trash, but he, he, I want him. He's nice. And then we got him, and he's like, I told you we will get him. And, I mean, Jalen Rager hasn't proved me wrong. You know, he, he can catch. He's got speed on him. He's but, also been injured the last couple games, so hasn't played much. Yeah, but besides that, like, he wasn't, like, dropping any catches that are, like, wide open to him. You know, it pisses me off how Aguilar – was sucking with us. Now he's in uh, Las Vegas, and he's doing pretty good. He's looking like his Super Bowl year. Um, oh, I don't know. It It's a mess right now. I think we'll figure it out hopefully over the offseason, and hopefully next year we can look forward to no injuries, maybe one or two. But that's that's a big hope. Big, big hope. I'm praying for y'all. I know how injuries – I know how it feels to have injuries now. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and move us on so we don't have to so you don't have to talk about it anymore. <laughs> now, we have to talk about Ravens Patriots. Oh, here we go. Bum bum bum. Yeah. Um about that. So, one thing I want to the first thing I want to talk about is um Hollywood Brown speaking about his his problems with the offense uh, last week talking about, or two weeks ago now, I think talking about how he was uh, frustrated about not getting the football. (sighs) Dude, you got to learn to beat guys at the line of scrimmage before you can complain about not getting the football because quite frankly, Hollywood Brown is not really that good at getting at beating guys at the line of scrimmage and getting separation in the in the open field uh when he does get thrown the ball. Lamar threw Lamar threw the ball pretty accurately every time that he threw the ball to Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown was just not open because he can't get separation. So in my opinion, you need to you need to, you know, beat guys. I know you're fast, but you gotta learn to beat guys at the line of scrimmage before you complain about not getting the football. That's my first issue. Second issue. The offensive line is not the same. We had 23 sacks all together last year, and we have 23 sacks now after this game today, and it's week 10. Um, and I know Ronnie, you know Ronnie Stanley getting injured didn't help. You know he's really good on the offensive line. Orlando Brown has had to adapt to the left side now instead of the right. And uh, we got, you know, rookies, you know, first-year rookies and guys on the practice squad filling in on the offensive line. Now, Skura has a cut finger, and, you know, he's <laughs> – and and apparently that, you know, causes you to screw up the, the snap like 10 times in a game. He recorded three fumbled snaps, but, you know, they don't count the ones that he's just throwing poorly because his arm is, you know, hitting his leg or – uh, you know, his fingers slipping because it's cut and, you know, it's all this other crap. And it's like, screw it, you got to get your head in the game. You can't be fumbling the snap that much. Luckily, Lamar was able to hop on the ball every time. 
uh, and not turn it over, thankfully. But, you know, that does not help. And uh, back to uh, Hollywood real quick, that interception, the one interception that Lamar threw in the game, um, terrible play call by Greg Roman, should not even have tried to have Lamar throw it to him. Because one, like I said, Hollywood had not gotten separation all game. And then on that exact route, Hollywood had no separation at all throughout the entire route whatsoever. But Lamar still threw the ball to him. He threw it perfectly. It just was caught by J.C. Jackson and not Hollywood Brown. So in my opinion, now with Nick Boyle injured, because now Nick Boyle is out with all the injuries that came from this game, Nick Boyle was one of them, and he's our best blocking tight end. So now we lose him. Thankfully, Andrews has stepped up in the block game a little bit, but he's not Nick Boyle. And uh, I think that this is the perfect opportunity for Des Bryant to come in and take over in the position. Um, and I think Hollywood should move to slot receiver because I think he would I think he would be better positioned in the slot right now, mainly because, like I said, he's not getting the separation on the sideline on those out routes. Uh, that's my issue with that. Lamar played a great game. This wasn't Lamar's fault, in my opinion. I think he had his best passing game. He did have his best passing game of the year. Everybody was saying that Lamar needed to get his throwing under control in this game if he wanted to beat the Patriots. Lamar played good. It's just the mistakes and the injuries and everything cost us. The de- the defensive injuries were definitely shown because Calais Campbell was absent. Calais Campbell is a big part of our defensive line. He's got the most sacks on the defensive line right now. And then Brandon Williams went down early at the beginning of the second quarter, actually. So we had no Brandon Williams for the rest of the game. No idea when he's going to be back. So now we don't have two key factors on our defensive line which were big in stopping the run. And LJ Fort was our big run stuffer, and he's been out for the entire season, basically. So, you know, the our run, our run defense wasn't there anymore after the injuries. So, you know, not taking anything from Damian Harris. He's a monster. Uh, you know, it was pathetic the way our run defense looked after the injuries. Uh, I don't blame Lamar. He played good, finally had his first great passing game, and I do believe that we're going to we, – we can still – win games. I don't think we're going to make it too far this year. I'm not saying that we're going to the Super Bowl, but we can definitely make the playoffs, and I think we can win a playoff game as long as we keep it up, and we just need to stop with all these mistakes. These penalties are costing us, too. We always get penalties in the worst moments. That's, like, our worst. It's, like, as soon as, like, the game's getting good and, like, we're in a good position, our guys they just they just tend to they just tend to screw up for some reason. They just do something stupid like uh shoving guys and getting stupid uh, lowering the helmet calls. It's it's just the penalties are coming at the most inopportune times all the time and those need to stop as well. Uh it's it's disappointing to see this happen because you finally everybody goes into this game talking about how Lamar has not been the same and he hasn't been the same, but then again, he was MVP last year. I don't expect him to have another MVP season back to back. Most MVPs coming off of the next season don't really have that eventful of a season. Um, So I'm not really worried about Lamar playing really, really well, but he is playing. He's still playing good and his stats are similar uh, at the pace he was going last year. Right now he's got a, more touchdown passes and just and the same amount of interceptions at this point of the season uh, than he did last year. So it's not like he's doing super terrible, but he definitely hasn't played the same as last year because last year was an MVP season. 
But everybody coming into this game was just nonstop talking about how the passing game needs to improve, and that's exactly what happened. But we still lost because of the defense. But a lot of people still on today in the morning on the on the news shows and everything like that. I watch a couple of them. You know, I was watching, I was listening, and they were still bringing up Lamar, trying to to blame Lamar in some of these situations. And and you know, haters gonna hate her. And you know, I'm. And I'm a big Jackson supporter because I do believe he's got a lot of talent. And I do believe he can win a Super Bowl. He's just got to, you know, he's got to get some guys. Like, they got to put some guys on the offense, man. Like, Let me cut you off real quick. So, last night's game, wasn't it like a terrible rainstorm, too? It was a terrible rainstorm. And, and you know what? Lamar, like I said, Lamar did really well also for it being a rainstorm because, you know, fumbling's – Fumbling's a big issue with that kind of stuff, and I'm surprised that we didn't have that many fumbles. So what what were what was Lamar's uh, passing stats? Twenty four for thirty four, two hundred and forty nine yards, two touchdowns, and that one terrible throw to Marquise, like I was talking about, where he had no separation. It was a bad call by Greg Roman to make that throw. If we had just thrown a short pass up the middle, Justin Tucker could have kicked the field goal and tied the game before halftime. All right, so look. Back to Brown, right? So, great speed, good good hands, can't get separation. In my opinion, I think he should uh, – when this next offseason comes by, I think he should, you know, maybe take a chance at losing a little bit of his speed and just gain muscle because he can't – That's what he tried to do this season. He spent all the offseason bulking up. He literally gained 50 pounds and he actually gained 50 pounds in muscle. During the off season, well, he may, he, maybe he should work on his uh, his legs then, because if he's not getting a burst off a line, like if he's getting around somebody, but he's not getting a burst, like if he's cutting in the field, he's really uh, good. Let me let me let me real 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 quick. He's really good at slant routes. Like most of his most of his completions this season are on like simple slant routes, uh, and stuff like that. He's he's literally only caught like one or two passes in. And and throws twenty yards plus down the field. Like he's not on the go routes and and all this other stuff. He's not, you know, he's not good at getting separation. But if he's if he's you know the slot receiver, if he's going on a on a slant route up the middle or something, you know, that's an easy place for Marquise to get op- to get open and get the ball. You know, he's more open that way. That's why I think if you move him to the slot and upgrade, you know, Des Bryant now now that Nick Boyle's gone and put him in that in the in the other position where Marquise is at right now, then I think we have more success. I can I can agree. Um let's see. Brown, you know, I was actually thinking of him being like a top ten wide receiver in yards this year. Uh and it and I and and I agree with you on that. I did think he was gonna be a little bit uh I thought he was gonna do a lot more for us. But you know, Lamar isn't the best passer. I know that, but he's improved a lot. You know, so it, it also has something to do year, with that. Compared from his rookie year, yes, he's a lot better. But a lot – you got to think, like, in my opinion, and, like, I talked to a couple people about it. I'm not being biased. But when I look at him throw, right, we'll, go, we'll look at his MVP season. So because of his uh, Michael Vick-type speed and all that. Um, you have to account for him running it like he always does. Uh, a lot of his players were wide open, like Andrews. You know, Andrews, I'm not knocking him. Good tight end. Um, 
live as players, you know, they'll be open because they have to contain uh, Jackson. But, you know, I'm not knocking him at all. But I would like to see him work on, like, stretching the field a little bit because you can't be doing, like, little, like, 10, like, 5, 10, 15-yard passes. I mean, if it's working for you to keep the game going. That's how our offense is built, though. It's – it's you, you it's think, it's look, you set up the it's you set the run you set the run game vibe you get the run guys, game going because happens, we have the number one rush attack and then you put in the situational short passes and that's where he succeeds. All right, so look, put it. So we'll look at his uh, playoff stats, right? Just, or I don't have them like written down, but I'm going off of, like what people have seen. So you see, in general, or in any game, when Lamar Jackson is behind from like more than like what let's we'll say he's like two possessions behind uh you don't really see the ravens getting really back into it like the chargers game or last year against the titans in the playoffs you know titans were putting up the points and lamar's like trying to run the ball run the ball but they haven't contained uh i didn't see him really trying to like throw it as much but he just kept trying to make something with his legs you know yes that's his his greatest aspect about him but he can't really stretch the field like if he had like well I like the like what I liked about Michael Vick right you know when he got to Andy Reid he became a very good passer but Mike Vick's always had the arm to where he could stretch a field Lamar Jackson, I don't see him being the guy that can stretch it, but you know, he's Lamar he's, has he okay, that that's I want to stop you right now now because Lamar has a good arm. That Lamar can fling that football without even trying and it's going like 50 yards. The problem is we don't have that wide receiver to go out and and get that football because in all honesty, Marquise has the speed, but like I said, he's not in the right he should be a slot receiver. He's not in the right spot. That's why he's not getting those types of passes. Lamar's got a great arm. We've seen him throw the ball down the field great, but there's no receiver on the field. Yeah, all our receivers are good. Not You said you weren't knocking any of them. I like Andrews. I think Andrews will stay. Uh, Sneed's probably not going to stay. Marquise Brown, I don't see him working out unless he can, unless we can put him in a position to thrive better. Um, so... I think that we need to find a guy for Lamar to throw the ball to in those situations, and I think you've got a guy that can stretch the field at times. You know, I'm gonna take. Let me take back what I said about his arm. But what I meant by that, I meant like you know, throw it into a like a like we'll say like thirty, forty yards, right? You know, you got all these great passing quarterbacks that can throw it in the spot it needs to be. At least what I've pers- personally seen, like I don't watch all the Ravens games, but what I've seen, like when he tries to throw it like that, he c- he can't get it in like the right spot. And then again, it could be the wide receivers, you know. Uh, I I can see y'all when it comes to draft or free agency, you know, you're gonna try to get somebody to help out Brown or maybe draft a, like a, a true number one wide receiver. Um, only time to tell on that, you know. I, I think Brown he'll step up next year. Uh, especially with Antonio Brown back, if he doesn't go with the Buccaneers, I think he's going to play for Baltimore so he could be with his uh, cousin. That would be nice. We could use some, like I said, like if we get a guy like Antonio Brown, those that opens up the types of passes that we're talking about, the down the field 
um, launch it 50 yards, get a, you know, get that big chunk play. And then, you know, if we have a guy like that, then we already have the run game established. We have the number one rushing attack and like, Mark Andrews is a good tight end. He's definitely, you know, he I know he's known for not catching, you know, passes and big games and stuff, but like this despite, you know, that little flaw, Mark Andrews has got hands and he make and he can get open, he can get separation, he can make those plays. That's why he's the most targeted guy on the team because he gets open. So, you know, you, you, that's that's where I stand. Like as long if we can get a top if we we need to we need to use our our first round draft pick this year to get a wide receiver, in my opinion, at least. Because I don't know if we're going to make the right moves in the offseason to, to get a type of guy. Unless we do get Antonio Brown or somebody like him, that would be nice. But I do think we need to go wide receiver with our pick um, because we will, get, we will get our offensive line guys back. So I don't think we need to worry about that. So, like I said, very disappointed in the Ravens. Uh, Patriots won 23-17. to they had, they improved to four and five, and now the Ravens dropped to six and three, but they still hold on to second place, uh, with the Browns improving to six and three. So, um, it's gonna be a tight race now. Um, our season's definitely in jeopardy, in my opinion, if we don't step it up some. But we're gonna get our guys back before the end of the season, so I think that we'll be able to pick it up. You got any? You got any last words for the Ravens or the Patriots, Cam? I could honestly, I feel like the Patriots are they're sneaking into the playoff berth, low key. Yeah, man, this win definitely helped for sure. I uh, wasn't expecting; I was expecting the Patriots to keep it close. I didn't, you know, I knew that they were a good team. Cam Newton's good, uh, but you know they got Bill Belichick. But I didn't think that they were going to win, in my opinion. So uh, they definitely helped out their chances. Yeah, but I think that's all I got. Yeah, man, uh, it was a great week of football this week. There was a lot of good games, um, so I'm excited for week 11. And of course, we got the the Vikings, uh, Vikings Bears game was tonight. So uh, it's 13 and 13 right now, halftime. Is it okay? Well, uh, I think uh, I think the Vikings are going to win that game. They've been on a hot streak, so uh, right. that's what I got to say about that. With our closing remarks, this has been fun. Damn, Cam. Uh, on Gorilla. Thank you also, all. Also, anybody that's listening to this, uh, please reach out to us just for some feedback. Uh, see what we can improve on, uh, knowledgeability, uh, maybe the way we talk a little bit. Any kind of feedback helps us. Uh, we're trying to get a little podcast thing going. Uh, we're trying it out this year. Hopefully, we can get something going for sure next season. Uh, we'll start in week one, maybe a little bit in the off season. Uh, any kind of feedback would be helpful. Definitely. What damn Cam said. Thank you all. If anybody is listening, appreciate y'all for listening. This has been the damn Cam and Gorilla Show. We'll see y'all next week. Yeah, yeah.